Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning, uh, we're actually going to be going in a little bit of a different direction than what I anticipated, because I anticipated continuing with the names of God. Uh, Just before we start our study in Psalms, which I'm really excited to jump into and to get into that tomorrow, Uh, And just want to remind you, I'm challenging you to read through Psalms in the book, or excuse me, in the month of June. And that means five chapters a day. The devotions are going to be through or from those five chapters. I'm not going to read all five chapters just because I've realized that at some point we get to Psalm 119 and it's only supposed to be, you know, about a 20 minute, 15, 20 minute. I get carried away, 25-minute podcast, and it just won't fit in time-wise to do all of that. But the, uh, the we are going to be going through the book of Psalms, uh, and each devotion is going to be from those five chapters uh, as it correlates to the day, and so I hope that you get into that. But today, we're going to be going over something that um, I, I saw in our family devotions. And I'm, I'm going to talk just a little bit about family devotions here this morning and the importance of them. And I hope that uh, if you are a, a, a husband and a father particularly, that you take this to heart and the importance of going through uh, and leading in family devotions. Um, but also, I, I just kind of hope that you enjoy the scripture that we look at. But before we get into that, uh, we are going to continue our scripture reading here Uh, And we're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 10, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. And it says this, uh, dead flies putrefied the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. Even when a fool walks along the way, he lacks wisdom, and he shows everyone that he is a fool. If the spirit of the ruler rises against you, don't, or excuse me, do not leave your post, for conciliation pacifies great offenses. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, as an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, while the rich sit in lowly place. I have seen servants on horses, while princes walk on the ground like servants. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and whoever breaks through a wall will be bitten by a serpent. He who uh, quarries stones may be hurt by them, and he who splits wood may be endangered by it. If an axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. A serpent may bite when it is not charmed. The babbler is no different. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but lips of a fool shall swallow him up. The words of his mouth begin with foolishness, and the end of his talk is a raving madness. A fool also multiplies words. No man knows what is to be. Who can tell him what will uh, be after him? The labor of fools wearies them, for they do not even know how to go to the city. 
Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child, and your princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles, and your princes feast at the proper time, for strength and not drunkenness, because of laziness and building decays, and through idleness of hands the house leaks. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Do not curse the king, even in your thought. Do not curse the rich, even in your bedroom. For a bird of the air may carry your voice, and the bird in flight may tell the matter. Now, of course, the the, the whole idea of this chapter is basically to, to use wisdom, to use wisdom. And of course, that is an incredibly important thing. And, and I hope that you do use wisdom in your life and you really apply and you stop and you think about what you're going to do before you do it. And of course, it is better, as I said, to have a wise ruler as opposed to a young, foolish ruler. But this uh, this last evening, um, last night, we were sitting around the dinner table and we we're doing our family devotions. We do a few different things for family devotions. Um, we, we've got some more kids style family devotion books. Uh, growing up, we, we did Keys for Kids. Um, and now these ones aren't Keys for Kids. I don't remember the the, the name of them. That's kind of bad. I, I should probably read uh, the the name of them. But it, it's kind of a one page devotional uh, that goes over generally an interesting uh, scientific fact, whether it's uh, about um, space or an animal or something like that. And then it ties that to God's word. Um, and, you know, very much, very similar to a keys for kids, uh, essentially, if you remember that, um, kind of like a kid's version of our daily bread, if that's something that you're familiar with as well. Perhaps you are, perhaps you're not. Uh, but it's in, and if I had the, the book, it's really driving me nuts. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but we, uh, we, we, we do that sometimes we normally do that a few times a week. Another thing that we do, um, is character sketch, uh, which once again, it, it goes in much more depth. It's really not built for little kids. It's, uh, quite an in-depth study actually. And so we break it up into two different times. Most of the time, uh, we try to do it on Monday, uh, morning, or, or uh, excuse me, Monday evening and then Tuesday morning, uh, finish it up or, or Tuesday evening if we can't quite get to that. But, um, it, it basically goes over the first half goes over a character trait, uh, that is in a specific animal. And then, um, it goes and it ties it to a, uh, a Bible story, uh, then where it has the same character trait is the second part of it. And, we we were doing one of those and we came across to first Samuel chapter four. Another thing that we do too for family devotions, just talking for a moment on family devotions, is we we also just do scripture reading. And then uh sometimes I also uh will teach kind of a children's church type lesson as well. Um now I, I bring up all of these because we, we kind of do a vast array of different um, different things for family devotions. It, it just kind of d depends. And uh, part of this is good. Sometimes we we just do family worship, in fact, uh, where we'll go and we'll, well, sometimes we do this different too. Sometimes uh, I, I come down and play, uh, I play just a little bit of keyboard. Don't ever ask me to play piano because it's really probably not even good enough for family devotions, but I can chord out uh, God is so good and I can chord out uh, a few other songs and um 
uh, all glory be to Christ, perhaps, and, and things like that. But like I said, no, nah, music's not my strong suit, uh, but it is important to worship. So sometimes we do that. Sometimes uh, grab a ukulele. Sometimes we just sing some Sunday school songs as well, and not necessarily um, for family devotions. A lot of times that's following family devotions is when we do family worship. Um, but one of the points that I really want to get at is there are multiple ways that you could do family devotions, multiple different ideas, but there's a couple things that need to be present there. And the first one I would say is the Word of God. Um, if you're not bringing the Word of God into it, it's it's really shouldn't be counted as a family devotion. Um, the second thing is is that you should have prayer in that too. It's important to go into praise a family. Um, sometime uh, we'll probably do a podcast series on the family and really look at the importance. Might even just do a podcast series on on the importance of the kitchen table and spending time at, or the the dinner table, I should say, and spending time at the dinner table as opposed to just sitting in front of a TV as a family all the time. You need to have a strong family. It's something that's important, and you get that by going and spending time actually together, uh, fellowshipping together, and a lot of that does come naturally through a dinner table. But I want to get into the actual devotion that we read because I think this is really interesting and important. And as I was sitting here thinking, well, do I want to just do another Names of God? I thought, you know, this passage of Scripture is just kind of still on my mind. Let's let's do this passage of Scripture. And so it's from 1 Samuel chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 18 of 1 Samuel chapter 4. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines, and they encamped against uh, or beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel, and they joined the battle uh, in excuse me, and when they joined the battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about four thousand men of the armies of the field. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord uh, from Shiloh uh, to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. Now, I want to just stop here for just a moment as we're uh, looking at this passage, because I want to make sure that you understand what's going on in this passage of Scripture. And that is that Israel is warring against the Philistines. They're warring against the Philistines. They go out to battle against them. The Philistines defeat them. 4,000 children of Israel go and die. And then the response of the children of Israel is to come back to blame God and then to go and to say, you know what? We'll fix it. Let's go get the ark of God because that will save us. Now, I want to just stop there for a moment. We're not going to go super deep into this. But the children of Israel at this point in time were placing their trust in a monument or a blessing that God gave them, that they were supposed to look at that and remember certain things. It had Aaron's staff in it that that bloomed, right? So they're supposed to remember of God's chosen leaders. That, that was what that whole thing was about with him versus Korah. 
The, the, the second thing, it had some manna. They're supposed to remember God's provisions. It had the Ten Commandments in there. So they're supposed to go and, and remember God's law. But none of this is that this physical thing will do incredible things for them. That's not the idea, though God's presence might have been there. The whole point of this was that they're supposed to go into remember something. This was not a good luck charm, but rather it was something that God took serious. And so I just I just think that's interesting. But but this is the idea. And so they call Hophni and Phineas, right? Who are Eli's sons, and of course, these are terrible, terrible men um, who are evil, wicked men, uh, because, well, we're gonna get into the because here in just a moment. But it says, uh, continuing, and when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loud that the earth shook. Now, when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods. Uh, these are the gods who struck the Egyptians and all the plagues of the wilderness. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you, uh, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. So the Philistines and Israel... Uh, so the Philistines fought Israel, and Israel was defeated, and every man fled to his tent, and there was a great slaughter, and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. Also the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle and he, uh, the same day, and he came to Shiloh uh, with his clothes torn and dirt on his, on his head. Now, when he came, there was Eli sitting on a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and lay and told it, all the city cried out. And when Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he said, what does the sound of this tumult mean? And the man came quickly and told Eli. Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. So the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle, and I fled today from the battle line. And he said, What happened, my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. And then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off his seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel for forty years. Now we see here this is an incredibly sad story where basically Israel gets its its rear end handed to it in this fight against the Philistines and 30,000 of Israel's soldiers died in this. And then when Eli, the high priest, gets the news, what ends up happening? Well, he ends up falling over and dying, breaking his neck, especially when he heard that the ark of the covenant, that the ark of God was taken captive by heathens. Now, this is the point that I want to bring out. 
Eli did not do a good job parenting his children. Hophni and Phinehas were gluttons and uh, sexually immoral. And yet he didn't correct them. Yet he didn't go and take care of the problem. Yet Samuel, even as a child, his first prophecy was to go and to warn of Hophni and Phinehas and to tell Eli, right? That wouldn't have been comfortable. But the thing that I want you to notice, especially like I said here, this, this came out in family devotions, which is so important. Because Eli did not do a good job parenting his children, it brought exponentially more sorrow and pain and affected way more people than what you could ever imagine. 30,000 people died. Why? Because they were mocking God, putting their trust in an object rather than in God himself. And so God was not with Israel. And on top of that, the big ruckus that they got themselves in an emotional stupor over, that's what caused the Philistines to go, let's be men. We have to be men because, oh my goodness, their God is in their midst. Oh, their gods, they did this and that and that and this. Ah, right? That, that's what happened. On top of that, we see that Hophni and Phinehas died in early death, and they were supposed to be the spiritual leaders. If you don't parent your children properly, if you're not consistently investing the Word of God in them, I want you to know something. It's not just that you're hurting your child. It's not just that you're impacting your child for the future, but you're impacting other people's children. <laughs> you're impacting other people. And you might be impacting, who knows, maybe a whole city, maybe a whole town, maybe a whole state, maybe even an entire nation in a negative way. But for sure, you're going to be impacting other people because your children are going to grow up. And as they grow up, they're going to have interactions with other people. And if you don't parent them properly, what's going to happen is that they're going to make negative impacts on other people because they weren't reared in the admonition of the Lord. And so today, I, I want to make just a simple plea. Parents, raise your children right. Fathers and husbands, if you're listening to this, I really want to encourage you, do family devotions. Do family devotions. Invest the Word of God into your family. Well, let's close today by remembering Joshua 1, 8, and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but
miss We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting Will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Then you feel it The song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith already begun know that God's up to something 